Welcome to the Hero Nation podcast. My name is Sophia Ansari. And my name is Brooke Warren. And this month, we'll be talking about music and comic books in the classroom, since we have a lot of friends in education who ask us about this all the time. Yes. And before we get started, it was actually Hero Nation's first birthday recently. Okay, yay! Okay, yay. yay! Well, it was actually, it was last month, and we tried recording this a few times since then. But, yes, we did. <laughs> but it hasn't worked out. But uh, anyway, so we released our first episode on August 24th. Uh, that was last year that we released our first episode. So we want to celebrate, and I yes. think we can do that by what? Maybe a big comics giveaway? Yeah, I have a. I was able to get a bunch of comics that I was able to get at my local comic shop yep. on the cheap side of characters that we've talked about. Yes. And, you know, we can always post some of the details on Facebook on how to win some of the comics, you yeah. know? So there's some Static, there's some Miss Marvel, some yeah. Captain Marvel. Uh, just a bunch of different things. Yes. Because we want to celebrate with our listeners, you guys. Yes, exactly. So that I think that sounds like our plan. We'll post on Facebook how to, to win a comic book. And, yes. and we also want to give a special shout out to Josue Cardona, the father of geek therapy. Yes, Josue! <laughs> I don't know if that makes him sound old or enigmatic or something <laughs> like, oh, the father of geek therapy. But uh, he's been such a great mentor to us. So mm-hmm, we just wanted mm-hmm. to say thank you, Josue, for allowing us to have uh, a platform and to be part yes. of such great company on the Geek Therapy Network. So yes, thank you. Thank you. And also, you know, thanks for not yelling at us because we aren't always pumping out episodes like as consistently. (laughs) So, but he, you know, he always says that quality is more important than quantity. So that's been Mm -hmm. super helpful and makes me feel better and justifies every other month or so. (laughs) Yeah. So thank you again, Josue. You know, thanks for putting Geek Therapy together and letting us be a part of the GT family. Yes, of course. Yes, yes, yes. So this month's episode, we want to talk about how we can use music and comic books in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And Breck, you are actually starting your teaching gig on Tuesday, right? Yes. So, oh, that's just in exciting. a few short days. Oh my gosh. So that's, that's exciting. So you're going to be along the way just sharing all the ways you're going to be using comic books in the classroom, right? So oh, that's, yeah. Yeah. So we'll have plenty of fun, exciting stories from your classroom and how you've sort of integrated. Yes. So, and, and then you mentioned or recommended actually in our last episode, the movie on Netflix uh, called Beats, right? Which was pretty much inspired this episode. So we, we figured we could discuss how teachers use pop culture, music and comic books in the classroom. Yeah, and I chose this movie because usually I skip the Netflix originals because I figure, you know, those movies and shows are always going to be there. You know, let me watch something that's going to be gone by the end of the month. But I decided to give it a chance because I needed to make some room on my Netflix list. (laughs) And so I watched it and I immediately loved it. I mean, I man, I just I loved this movie. And the film being based in Chicago, hearing and seeing things that, that were familiar, you know, just helped me love it more. And after watching the first five minutes of the movie, you know, I was hooked. Usually I give a show or, you know, first, especially if I'm just checking it out, you know, I'll give it a couple of minutes, see how I feel. And man, I was just drawn in by great writing and of course, great acting. You know, Anthony Anderson, who was originally from California, has been in a few Chicago beat, a few Chicago based films and beats was the latest that he's done. Yeah, it was it was a good movie, and, and the actor who plays 
August in the movie, whose real name is Khalil Everidge. He's actually from the town that they filmed the movie in. So I've been, when the movie was out, I was seeing him on the local news here, like okay. the Windy City Live show. Mm-hmm. They had interviewed him. And I remember a while back, they uh, the interview, they they talked about how they filmed in his actual neighbor, like old neighborhood okay. and how he went to school there and he grew up there. And so he was like even running into people he knew when they were filming <laughs> movie so that's oh, that's pretty cool but he also discussed the serious side about how he's lost friends to gun violence in the same town you know mm. and and this also uh, happened to actually be his first like his very first movie so that's mm. kind of an interesting like to come back to your hometown and yeah. film a movie right there on the streets is is pretty cool and and basically it's a, a movie about a record producer who's played uh, by Anthony Anderson from mm-hmm. you know blackish amongst many other things and he uh, this music producer finds talent in a young musician who's been traumatized after witnessing the murder of his sister. And so it kind of reminded me of an eight mile or get mm. rich or die trying type of movie, right? It, mm-hmm. it, and it sounds like what really drew you, Breck, was really that the movie was really like a love story or gave a shout out to Chicago, basically. So that spoke to you. Yeah, I mean, it really did. And, you know, that's what geek therapy is all about, right? We connect more to media that speaks to our experiences. So even though it wasn't a brand new idea for a plot, it still spoke to me, excuse me, to me, because it showed a city I grew up in love. You know, it showed the good, the bad, and unfortunately, the ugly. And usually you watch a movie, it's always taking place in L.A. or New York. So to see it, you know, based in Chicago, that just made it extra special for me. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I agree. And, and you know, and, and not only that, but the movie ta- tackles the topic of trauma, you know, mm-hmm. a serious topic. And, you know, whether or not they succeeded, we can obviously discuss in today's episode. But I think when a movie inspires or at least even encourages the discussion of mental health issues, and this movie specifically focused on gun violence, yeah. you know, and then that can lead to, you know, awareness, especially mm-hmm. in communities that may not always discuss the impact of trauma or understand what it can do to the people in the communities. So, uh, you know, I think this is an important movie. And it opens up basically with August's sister uh, being shot in front of him. And they also show things like how the school, you know, has attendance issues with kids not showing up. And how some kids aren't even there because, unfortunately, they're just... You know, it's sad to say, but there are another body count in the gun violence that's plaguing their streets. Uh They make reference to something that... You're, if you're if you're here, you're familiar with something called Safe Passage, yeah. which is a, a program in the city which keeps students safe during their commutes to and from school, and it keeps also ki- keeps kids in school. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's an important program. And there's even a reference to the school having a collection for funeral services for one of the students who was lost to gun violence. I mean. These are things that many schools are familiar with, unfortunately. You know, I hate right. saying that, but yeah. it's true. I mean, unfortunately, that's true, you know, and it's not just Chicago. Right. You know, in the movie, after August's sister is shot in front of him, you know, he becomes confined to his room. He avoids going out, avoids people, and just makes music. Now, does the movie adequately focus on trauma or adequately educate the viewer? Eh, well, not exactly, but it does show the unseen struggles with PTSD in the black community. 
Yeah, there was actually a line in the movie that stood out to me, and I don't know if you caught this, Brooke, but one of the students was talking about how August never leaves his home, and she says he got that PSTD, <laughs> and and we know, you know, we know it's PTSD, uh, right. which stands for post traumatic stress disorder. But this line in the movie just speaks to the lack of knowledge or misunderstandings about PTSD that that do exist out there. And I do a, a lot of trauma informed care education for parents and teachers in the community. And there are so many misconceptions out there that exist on PTSD. Oh, yeah. I mean, I work in a trauma-informed care facility. And at Brown County Shelter Care, you know, we use trauma-informed care with our clients. Now, according to my supervisor, we were one of the first county branches to start using it, and now it's gone countywide. So in a nutshell, it's helping the whole person and using techniques that help them be mindful of one's past trauma which will help in understanding their behaviors. You know, I feel like this movie Beats, it did accurately portray how trauma can affect a person's person's day-to-day life and how their fear can hold them in a prison that they create. You know, August in his room basically 24-7, or at least, you know, he never leaves the apartment. Mm -hmm. He is triggered by loud sounds and police sirens, and I wish they talked more about the symptoms and treatment instead of just skimming the surface, though. Yeah, I agree. It did. It did skim. But, you know, I guess, you know, and we've talked about this, at least it shone a light on PTSD. Right. And it showed that it isn't something that just affects the military or law enforcement. And and the reason why I say that is because that's what people, especially in areas that I've served in rural areas like in Ohio and then here in in Chicago, uh, where people believe that, you know, misconception that PTSD is only affects, you know, law enforcement or if you've gone to war, you know, that's something mm-hmm. that people think, oh, it doesn't affect us. But we see August experiencing symptoms of PTSD, like being easily startled and reliving the traumatic events through flashbacks and isolating himself. Right, right. And I mean, his mom, Carla, played by Uzo Udaba, also goes through her own grief and becomes this overprotective parent and says things to him. Like, you know, I'm not crazy. I'm just Mm -hmm. the only one that loves you. Or I can't lose you, too. You're all that I have left. And I think in black communities especially, some people feel like they aren't allowed to acknowledge things like anxiety or depression. You know, they don't want to be seen as weak. I think that's an important note that you make about her first assumption is people thinking she's crazy. Yeah. Because, I mean, she lost a daughter. She's she's grieving. But I think a lot of women, especially black women, are expected to shoulder so much of the emotional, physical, mental, and financial weight of these crises that their families are going through. Mm-hmm. And, and media doesn't help because of that whole, you know, strong black woman trope, right? Yeah. And that's what makes it so harmful. That's, that's what causes the ignorance on mental health issues in our communities. Many people look at mental illness like weakness or that it can just be prayed away, right? Yes. I see that all the time. And so now, while it is true that black women are strong, yes, they are, <laughs> that does not mean that they are invulnerable. Mm-hmm. And so there were certain moments of the movie showing the suffering that his mother was going through and that she needed help as well. Yeah. And I mean, it's just so many individuals in the black community are unable to get help. Mm-hmm. And this just reminds us that it is because of historical adversity like slavery, race-based right. exclusion from health, educational and social resources that black right. communities today are affected. You know, they can't get the help or resources they need 
And that perpetuates the circle of ignorance when it comes to understanding mental and emotional issues like trauma and, you know, PTSD. Right. And that racism has carried through to where we are today, where black communities don't get adequate services to mental health programs. Right. Mm -hmm. And I've talked to you about some of the teachers who come up to me and basically beg for more mental health therapists in schools. And and people are coming to me from areas that are ignored. I get a lot of people from, Mm. you know, areas like Harvey. Like we don't Mm. have therapists in the schools. We need them. Like where can we get them? We need help. We're ignored, you know. And so I hear that all the time. And uh, according to to the USHHS Office of Minority Health, uh, adult black Americans are 20% more likely to report serious psychological distress. They are less likely than white people to die from suicide as teenagers, but black teenagers are more likely to attempt suicide than are white teenagers. So the statistic is 8.3% versus 6.2%. And then across all ages, they are more likely to be victims of serious violent crime than are non-Hispanic whites, making them more likely to meet that diagnostic criteria for PTSD. Yeah. And there was a study conducted by Ward, Wiltshire, Daytree, and Brown in 2013 that showed that, you know, black Americans hold beliefs related to stigma, psycho, or physiologic, I'm sorry, psychological openness and help seeking, which in turn affects their coping behaviors. So generally speaking, participants in this study were not very open to acknowledging psychological problems, but they were somewhat open to seek mental health services. Now, black men, like myself, are particularly concerned about stigma. You know, exposure to mental illness and increased knowledge of mental illness are factors which will potentially change beliefs about symptoms of mental illness. Now, you know, African-Americans live in, con- live in a constant state of trauma brought on by the high level of violence in the neighborhoods. I mean, if you've been around Inglewood, the south side of Chicago, or the west side in Austin, you know, police involve shootings of all, pretty much anywhere of unarmed black citizens and the many forms and levels of racism experienced on a daily basis. Right. Now, a 2016 study published in the American Journal of Public Health revealed black men are nearly three times as likely to get killed by, quote, legal intervention, end quote, than white men. Now, American Indians or Alaska Natives are also three times as likely, and Hispanic men are nearly twice as likely. So with the research to back it up, it's no wonder, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, is a real issue in the black community and could be related to ongoing black-on-black violence. Yeah, it definitely shows that disparity that exists. And, and living this way is just is just traumatic, okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just trauma day in and day out. And so it's so important for teachers and parents in the, in the community to be educated on the psychological and physical impacts of trauma yes. and also preparing those same people with training on compassion fatigue from hearing all the traumatic stories or dealing with the loss of students, you know, month after month, you know, or I yes. mean, even having having to collect for students' funeral services, like that should never be normal, you know? And and so we need to be there for teachers and staff who are really in the thick of it. And and these kids who have to figure out which way to walk through a neighborhood so they don't get shot. It's it's not normal, but we've normalized it because of that constant trauma. And that's not going to help anyone. Yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking back, you know, my own experiences in Chicago. You know, believe it or not, None of my friends have been shot, or if they have been, I didn't know about it. 
Right. Now, my brothers had friends who were killed in violent ways, but it's not my story. Now, I do remember working in Hermosa Park at Calvin Park High School on the city's northwest side as a career specialist for youth guidance. Shout out to Zach. And I was really cool with the student, who I still keep in touch with today. And one day, the principal made an announcement at the Parent Action Committee, which is our PAC meeting, and told us about a student had been shot. And she told the staff who, you know, who it was, and in turn, I told her who it was. It was because, you know, she had, she started crying because we just saw him yesterday. You know, I mean, it was literally 24 hours ago that we saw this kid. And he survived, but I know that trauma of him being shot will live with him for the rest of his life. You know, I just realized that trauma is, is, is like a, it's a rippling effect. Right. You know, like when you throw a stone in the water and it ripples outward, it's the same thing. It affects that person and then ripples outward to touch others. And whether it be family, friends, and then in turn it affects their family and friends. And after hearing news like that, you know, students are expected to come to school the next day and behave and be normal. But hearing a friend who got shot, that's that's not normal. Not normal, right. Mm-hmm. So being trauma-informed is important, but so is being culturally sensitive. You know, professionals need to be trained to understand the historical and social context of this trauma. And they need to address the stigma attached to getting help for mental illness in the black community. I know there's a... There's a radio host in New York on the show called The Breakfast Club. His name is Charlamagne the God. And he always talks about mental health and how he just started going to therapy a couple of years ago and how it helps him. But one way to address the stigma is for us as educators is to use media because kids connect to music or comic books or movies, you know, especially things that discuss mental health. You know, Beats showed the healing power of hip hop. And can be used to help students heal. Oh yeah, music therapy is so powerful, and you know that's something that's one of my passions when I'm working with kids, especially. And and in music therapy, it's been researched, and it is evidence-based treatment, and it's used to address physical, emotional, cognitive, you know, and social needs of individuals. And I got from their website, from the Music Therapy Association's website. This is what mm-hmm. it says. It says. Through musical involvement in the therapeutic context, clients' abilities are strengthened and transferred to other areas of their lives. Music therapy also provides avenues for communication that can be helpful to those who find it difficult to express themselves in words. Mm. So, again, I just I love uh, the power of music and therapy. Yeah, and research shows that music is known to improve learning in the classroom. And they can, mm. re- can re- actually reduce aggressive behavior increase concentration, and regulate moods, particularly feelings of anxiety and stress. Now, a lot of teachers don't use music because they believe you need a certain type of training, but that's not really true. You can use music as a teaching tool. You can use songs to improve transitions. You can use them for brain breaks. So when kids need a movement break, you can put on some music because moving helps us concentrate and learn better. You know, Gold Noodle is a good site. Yeah, Go Noodle is a is a great resource, and there's also a site. It's a musictherapytunes.com that I've used in the past, where you can adapt lyrics to songs to teach social and emotional skills. So that's musictherapytunes.com, and you know songs are poems, and you can 
dissect their meaning and ask students how they relate or what it means to their own experiences, right? They can, they can create their own lyrics. They can create a soundtrack to their lives. There's just like so much you can do with music and therapy. Mm-hmm. And the thing with using music is you don't need a lot of expensive supplies. You know, you can make instruments out of recycled materials. I know kinder art and music in motion are great sites that give you lots of ideas. Hip-hop education is a thing now. It's about using hip-hop culture, especially rap songs and lyric, as classroom content. You know, the Ghetto Boys, My Mind is Playing Tricks on Me is a rap song from the early 90s about mental health. And as far as I know, it's the first song to address this. Yeah, and and just as we in the play therapy world say play is the language of children, well, through hip-hop, you're also speaking the student's language. There's a a form of catharsis and expression that comes together. It's art, it's poetry, dance, music, all woven in together. So I can see why it's a healing tool for the characters like in the Beats movie, right? Mm -hmm. For for August and, and Anthony Anderson's character. Like that was like healing and bringing them together and It also reminded August of his sister, who loved to produce music, and it brought together those two main characters and helped them both overcome their own obstacles. Yeah, and just like this movie did for this episode of Hero Nation, hip-hop can encourage discussion about race, poverty, identity, and family in the classroom. And then you have comics. And I love using comics in the classroom. We use it to share stories of characters who have overcome challenges and also use it to discuss symptoms a child may be having. Right. And I always say that it's always easier to talk about someone else's problems before we can talk about our own. Right. Mm. So it's always easier to talk about Spider-Man's problems and then maybe draw some parallels to our own issues and how we can relate. So you're using this filter of comics and and movies and pop culture to help clients open up about difficult topics like trauma, anxiety, grief and, and substance abuse. Exactly. I mean, kids learn through narratives, especially stories with characters they love. Right. Now, for example, we use whatever interest our, stu- our students have in order to connect with them. And then sometimes our clients at shelter care. And I remember one of the male clients where, again, at shelter care was really into Dragon Ball Z. So we're able to have, uh, you know, a base of DBZ, which led into helping him work on his anger problems. I mean, you also see that with the character Vegeta, same thing. Somebody just kept working on them, you know, within the show. You know, other examples of characters who have experienced trauma are Riri Williams, you know, a.k.a. Ironheart. She saw her best friend and stepdad shot in front of her. Oh, and she's from Chicago. I think it actually happened at Humble Park on the city's northwest side. You know, Miles Morales literally made a deal with the devil because, you know, comics, to save the life of Miss Marvel, and he was dealing with the consequences of those actions. He was having major panic attacks. Sam Alexander, a.k.a. Nova, was dealing with his father not being in a home and fearing him dead. You know, he was trying to help his mom raise his younger sister. Robbie Reyes, a.k.a. Ghost Rider, was raising his younger brother who was in a wheelchair due to being an innocent bystander in a drive-by shooting. Captain Marvel and Iron Man are both recovering alcoholics. You know, she used to be in the military, and he used to make weapons. You know, they both got trauma. Right. Sag's friend, Robin's friend, they both got shot in the comics, and they deal with this. Champions number 24 of the last volume just came out, you know, a couple of years ago. Say maybe last summer, I think. So people can find it easily. 
you know, dealt with the school shooting at Miles' high school. You know, this is all real stuff. You know, there's a teacher I used to work with at Oneida Nation High School. Shout out to Laura. And to teach history, we used movies about various historical periods. Like, like me, Laura's a movie buff. So she incorporated movies in the classroom. Even Pocahontas, the Disney version, with all its flaws, can be used as a teachable lesson. Because I've seen it happen. You know, a teacher can use a movie, or in my case, comics knowledge to help illustrate a point. There's a comic from Dark House, Dark Horse Comics called Rebels. There was a backup story about a slave helping the British, and he's talking with the Minutemen about freedom, and the Minutemen says he's fighting because he wants to be free. The slave says that's why he's fighting with the British. You know, again, a mm-hmm. teachable moment from a comic book. Mm-hmm. There's so many ways to bring, you know, quote-unquote, non-traditional teaching materials into the classroom. Right. Again, that same teacher, Laura Studi, used Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire to give a brief history of the, of the U.S. on the last day of class. You know, it capitalizes everything she taught and gives the students a bit of reference when he's singing about the different topics in the song in the different years. When I worked at Oneida Nation High School, I was in charge of a reading group of about two or three students. On Friday, we had free read. You know, students could just read whatever they want. And I would brought in comics for the guys to read. You know, I plan on using Dark Horse Comics Rebels to talk about life before and during the Revolutionary War. Or even a Martin Luther, the Dr. Martin Luther King comic that came out. You know, students may not read a history book, but I feel like they'd read a comic book. You know, we could even throw on an episode of Quantum Leap if that episode is dealing with what we're talking about. I mean, did you know the real life inspiration for The Lone Ranger was black? NBC's Timeless did and use that as a basis for an episode. Yeah, and and I definitely always come to you when I have a topic and I'm trying to tie in what my client may be dealing with. I I always share with people that they can visit the website comicspedia.net, which is a a really great resource. Again, that's comicspedia.net. Uh, and it's an online database of comic books, and it tags them with psychological themes. So mm-hmm. if you're looking for a comic about grief, then you can click on that, and it will bring up a list of issues dealing with that topic. And, you know, Breck, you're, I always say you're like the human version of Comicspedia. <laughs> <laughs> so I could just ask you, hey, I'm looking for this topic or this issue, and you usually just have like, you know everything. So, uh, and then, you know, obviously the, the, the geek therapy forum has been so helpful and it has so much helpful information as well and interventions. So the, you know, the geek therapy community on, on Facebook, and then you can go to geektherapy.com and there's the forum where there's a lot of helpful activities and information that you can use in the classroom or in therapy. Mm-hmm. I mean, Great free resources for educators and teachers. Right. And, you know, not every piece of media has accurately portrayed mental illness. But that's another opportunity to have a discussion with your clients or students. Right, exactly. And I've had clients even say how they would have written the character differently or would have handled issues differently from, from you know, the comic book characters or the whatever is in the movie or, you know, whatever we're working with. So there's so many ways to use fiction in the classroom and in therapy. And at the end of the day, you're using something that interests them so that they can connect more deeply. And that's what yes. the whole Geek Therapy Network is all about. That's what all the different shows are all about. You know, they're exploring different shows shows, different mediums, where, how you can use those in, you know, in therapy or every day-to-day life to connect with people. And there's neuroscience behind creative therapies. You know, this isn't just, you know, as just, you know, fangirl or 
fanboying over things like this is there's there's a reason that we connect so deeply with these characters and that they can be healing you know when we use music or play you're tapping into that right brain which is that creative side right and and that can help the left brain which is that more analytical verbal side it can help it you know talk about the trauma because that can be really difficult for someone who has been traumatized when when clients come to us they have a really hard time talking about what happened and so we have to use other ways to help our clients besides just saying okay tell me everything that happened to you right. you know like that's yeah. not going to happen because they, they, they can't tell us because trauma actually hinders that left side of the brain and so what we have to do is we have to help our clients express their feelings in other ways and we do that by tapping into that right brain and then eventually it, it builds this bridge between that left and right hemisphere where they can talk about their thoughts and feelings it, and like I said it's it's backed by science you know we have to use artistic forms of expression first mm-hmm. and it's powerful stuff that's for sure right and again I want to go back to Charlemagne the God I mean he wrote a book called anxiety shook one or it's called shook one anxiety playing tricks on me and again it goes back to that song by the ghetto boys so you know just check it out if you can and just thank you for this great discussion on the healing power of music and comics, Sophia. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. And thanks for that recommendation for Beats. And, you know, we uh, will definitely have more content for teachers out there. Because like I said, oh, we, we, yeah. we were getting a lot of emails like, hey, I'm a teacher. And then you're starting Tuesday, so you're going to have yes. a lot of good information. So <laughs> you've got to like decorate your class. You're going in to decorate your classroom soon, right? So you got yes. to hang up all the... I up Monday. So okay. yeah. Hang up all the superhero posters mm-hmm. and hang up, you know. So that's going to be exciting to to follow your journey along the way. And again, happy birthday to Hero Nation! Yes, yeah, happy birthday! Yay. And we look forward to to bringing more, you know, content. And again, you know, remember everyone, be kind to others, be kind to yourselves, and geek on. <laughs>